The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory, episode 250. And the final Arrowhead Pride Laboratory podcast. Thank you all so, so much for listening to this show for the last few years. And uh, we're going to answer some questions. I'm already emotional. And uh, here to help me get out of that is my dear pal. First find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane. Hello. Add some, add some jokes here, please. Kit, I mean, the next time I come to Missouri, I know you've been taking this golf thing real seriously, but I will put you in the sand on the golf course. I will find the deepest sand pit and I will bury you so far into it. Not for real, just in the game of golf for anybody out there taking this literal. I will not be whacking Kent into forever. I will just be beating him in the game of golf so badly that he will live in a sand pit for the rest of eternity. And Craig Stout, the Renaissance man himself, will videotape it. Right, Craig? I'm videotape. I'm I'm just Maddie's caddy uh, for for golf. That, that's that's my golfing experience. I'm gonna follow him around and help him bury Kent in the sand. Which is odd because I'm also Craig's caddy, so I don't know how this is gonna work. But <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Um, so we're gonna answer all your questions. Um, thank you all so much. I think this was a record number of questions. I'm so sorry we were not able to get to all of them. And uh. But thank you for participating in this final show. Um, some of y'all asked some kind of questions about the show and, and about what's next. We're, again, we're not going to tell you what's next here. Um, we are, we're not done podcasting. We're not done anything else. But we're not going to tell you about what we're doing next. I think that's out of respect for this awesome place uh, that we all love, frankly. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and just jump into the questions. And Kay Gumminger, our guy asks what chiefs draft tendencies are more solidified now after Vicha's fourth draft and which tendencies did he break this year? I think one of the things that we've, I think you're kind of starting to realize is Brett Veach doesn't care about positional value. I think that's one of the big trends here so far is there's really not a big prioritization on maybe premium positions necessarily when it comes to the draft. Now, he always has, I think one of the things I've kind of noticed about him, and it's not, this is more just team building, not, not necessarily just draft, but I think he's just, he's just content to get what value falls to the board at whatever position. And he's going to fill the premium spots with more proven players because they've got a left tackle that they've got a sample size of him playing in the national football league. Same with edge wide receiver. They locked up tied in. They lock, you know, they've locked up a lot of key players at key positions for this team, but the draft they're just trying to stack good players i think and i think that's ultimately what you've kind of noticed in the last four years so for me i think the big one that i was looking forward to was the defense steve spagnuolo's defensive end tendencies not only because i kind of came up with it when it first started it was something that caught my eye but after last year's trip over to mike dana i was interested to see what was going to happen were the chiefs still interested in the steve spagnuolo prototype were the Chiefs starting to stray away? And was Brendan Daly starting to get a little bit more say? Or was it just uh, Veach at this point in time? You know, with the pick of Mike Dana, who went against everything they had done in the past, with the interest in Melvin Ingram, who also went against everything they'd done in the past. I was curious to see how it would play out. 
And they came out and they drafted Josh Lakendo, who is about as perfect of a fit for the Steve Spagnuolo prototype as you could possibly get. So I feel pretty strongly again that there is very much a prototype they're looking for. Mike Dana was more of the exception rather than them kind of starting to look away from that. They still want their big, long, strong guys. Athleticism is definitely second. It's more about the body frame and how they play. Yeah, the the main one for me is the same one that can't sit, the, the tiers. Like, it, it's very clear that Brett Veach tiers these guys together, and he's just going to sit, and he's going to catch guys within these tiers. So, all this talk that we do about positional value and what positions they should take in round one, round two, round three, things like that. They'll trade players for, you know, picks for round one there, but... They're not necessarily going to say we are taking this specific position. I think they just realistically just let things fall to them. And that results in some of these situations. It also results in some of these situations that you saw with Trey Smith, Kane Doe, Noah Gray, some guys that maybe we thought were going to go a little bit higher or teams might covet a little bit more. You get to set and catch those guys and not have to worry about drafting a specific position at each specific pick. Uh, the Clan McLean asks, what round does Brett Veach draft a linebacker next year? Well done, Keith. I just wanted to say thank you for being an original. Uh, you've been listening since day one. There's a lot of people here. Just good joke, and thanks for listening, buddy. Hiresman and Dan, I want to know your favorite behind-the-scenes AP story. Oh, man, there's so many here for me. Um one of my favorites, and this was the first year we went to the Senior Bowl. So our friend Jacob Morley was with us, and we were at Beats, the local bar, rubbing elbows with some, you know, well-known people. And I'm not going to say who, because, you know, we haven't, I don't know if we've gone on to the whole story yet, but we're hanging out with somebody that's very well-known, and Jake offers to buy this man a drink. And so the guy tells him, you know, that he would like a Jack and Coke. So Jake goes up, gets it, buys it for him. They, he drinks it, and then when we're getting ready to leave, and nobody knows, I just, you know, I'm a nice person, so I'm trying to load up all the cups to just get in the middle of the table, and I realized that before the Jack and Coke was bought, all this man was drinking was a cup of water. He just happened to ask Jake to purchase him a Jack and Coke when he had just been sipping on water the whole time, and it's to stay light on your feet. A lot of the big media people down there do that, but it was just, we all shared a good laugh about it the entire time, and it's just something that I'm always going to remember, you know, from that, well, that very first trip we all took together. Can we yeah. can we reveal who it was? Because we almost I almost did the other day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I just didn't know if we Go had yet, and I didn't know if this was the best time for it. So, so the the man was everyone's favorite are the Chiefs' own Therese Paler. We were down there. This is the first time I met him. I think Kent had met him before, and he was being very gracious. We were having great conversations with him, and then he just you know he told Jake that he wanted a Jack and Coke. The best, the best, what the best, the be, that was the way he said it. Cause he was just sitting back. He was just sitting back, and Jake's like, "Hey, Trez, what are you like? Jack and Coke." <laughs> it was so good. Um, I almost told that story on the on the Therese, uh on the Therese Memorial mock draft the other day. Anyways, Craig, sorry. Oh man, I got a bunch. Uh, man, it's so hard to narrow down all of the times that we've been to Mobile. Have been fantastic. Um, getting to hang out with these guys in general is just great. I don't have a, a real defining what that was. That was the one that I was going to use <laughs> if, if I had the, the opportunity, but that's the best one. I, it is the best one, but um, I don't know. I, I don't have a, a super defining one. Just all of it. Yeah. It's great. There's been a lot of good ones. Um, I think, okay. So I think back to, one of my favorite behind the scenes stories is the first time we really all three got to hang out together. Um, you guys, I Matt, Matt, Matt was coming in for the weekend for training camp and, and we were all going to come. I was going to have all, I was going to have Craig and Matt over to, I'm, I'm already, I don't know why it's so funny to me. It's just cause it's so Matty. And now I've known him for three years now. And it very much is. It very much is. So Matt's coming in for training camp. We're all going to hang out for the first time together, really, in person. I mean, it's weird because, like, our relationship, most of our relationship, like, I talk to these guys all the time. 
we zoom chat two or three times a day or a week i was telling these guys like we just gotta hang out <laughs> we gotta have to like we have to jump on zoom a couple times just to, every now and then in our small break that we will be taking there's there's a little hint we're gonna take a, a little bit of a break here but i i just remembered my favorite one and one that we quote all the time First year, we go down to Mobile, and we stopped to grab some dinner on the way. We we all got in late in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, we're driving no. to Mobile. We stopped to grab some some dinner, and our waitress was being very friendly with, with Jake. Jake, at the time, you know, the only single one of us. And so, like, they're going back and forth a little bit and all of that. And we get done with dinner, and Kent orders dessert. He orders bread pudding, and it, it should. How many people ordered dessert again? Just can't. Just can't. Uh, orders <laughs> orders <laughs> dessert. And so she brings him this bread pudding, and it's it's late. There's not a whole lot of people around, and Kent takes the first bite and goes, mm, that's good. And she, thinking for some reason maybe Kent was like trying to slip in on this, this Jake action here, turns and snaps one off him and goes, it's just fried bread. Like just like snaps it, Kent. So so we do that all the time to Kent. Every time he says something, it's just. I mean, it's just fried bread. <laughs> I get. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't just bread pudding. It was fried bread pudding. It was like fried bread pudding sticks. I was like, oh, all right, I guess. I wasn't even hungry. I was just on vacation. Anyways, so we're gonna do a weekend together, uh, and hang out and and go to down to training camp, Maddie miscalculates how much time it's going to take him to get to the airport. <laughs> this is his flight. No, 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 you're missing a very pivotal point here. I'm flying one of these like Spirit or Allegiant airlines that mm-hmm. the airplane doors close 15 minutes early and they make no exceptions even if you're yelling at them as you walk up. So I was going to be on time for a normal flight, but this particular flight... Not exactly. That's a Maddie answer. You were late. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was like, I mean, he had to like go out of his way. Like he finally, he somehow figured out how to get, <laughs> how to get here and like found another flight. Um, we were all hanging out at my back porch and like we stayed late to wait for Maddie to get there because <laughs> he didn't get into like midnight. Uh, and we just hung out and it was a good time and we had a good weekend, but yeah, it was a good, it was the first time, it was the first time we all three like hung out in person, even though like we, I think we'd already been podcasting together and stuff already too. Um, mm-hmm. I also, that was the first of two times that I lost my voice entirely while traveling back to Kansas city to hang out with everybody yes. from Arrowhead Pride. Yep. Oh yeah. Cause you guys went to the Ravens game. We all, we all had a, had a good time hanging out at, uh, at the peanut. The night before the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. I think Dirk came by his Dirkness. Shout out the OG. Uh, oh, that's and- another one of my favorite stories. And this is a Craig Stout one from the Peanut. We're all hanging out. We're sitting there at the table and somebody walks in. And, you know, some people at our table recognize him. He comes over, introduces himself to everybody. And <laughs> Craig's sitting back in his chair, fully relaxed, fully reclined. Doesn't even barely make eye contact with this man. It's just like... I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> it, it was Tom Martin. <laughs> he had come up. Like such a he jerk. was being nice. He was talking to us because people at our table knew him. He had already introduced mm-hmm. himself once and coach was like, and you are? <laughs> and it's like, he was like, standing like right on top of me because it was a very crowded night at the peanut and I didn't see him talking to anybody at the table. And I was just like, who is this person that's bumping up against him? Tom Martin. <laughs> Sorry, yep. Tom. Sorry, Tom. We've been like I don't, I don't even know if Tom like I want I want to know Tom's experience from that <laughs> because like maybe he didn't even like feel that but it's just like we've been we've been making fun of Craig is like it's like he big time Tom. <laughs> Anyways, there's some other questions like that down the road. Andrew Richard six. What do you think the disconnect is from certain guys draft Twitter loves compared to NFL teams views of them? At the end of the day, people go out and they watch what film they can, but us three sitting here, anybody else just sitting on Twitter or most people in the media, 
you don't have access to the player. You don't have access to their coaches. You know nothing about them as a person besides what you read. NFL teams do. NFL teams care a lot about the character. How much do they love the game? What else do they like to do? And then the other big part of it is just simply teams look for specific things. We were sitting at Mobile the first year we were there, and we happened to be next to a group of people that were either scouts for teams or had been in the past, and some of the stuff that they were talking about was just some of the craziest things we had ever heard of. It's like things that would never meant. They were talking about the way somebody carried their elbows for like 10 minutes or something like that. It was one of the most... It was like their feet pointing. It was just one of the most wild concepts ever. So like, I'm not saying that every team is like that in the NFL, but little things like that exist. But the most important thing is we just never will get to know anything about the character of the person, about their background, about their, you know, just who they are on and off the field. The NFL does, and the NFL cares about stuff like that. Chiefs Chief 8120 and Andrew Nagel to uh, both ask similar questions. And also, by the way, thank you guys all so much. I I, I just Chiefs Chief uh, 8120 had some nice things to say. A lot of you did. I deleted those parts of your comments because I don't want to just I, I, I can't stand to read all those nice things about us. <laughs> but um, sincerely appreciate that. Anyway, sorry, there's just a sidebar. So if you hear your question and I just eliminated the part about you being very nice and complimentary of us, that's why. Uh, but anyways, uh, which which draft pick is your favorite? Uh, Andrew Nagel specifically said, I love the Noah Gray pick and the DiCaprio bo- Boodle signing, especially with Craig's patented CBAT rankings. And I, and DiCaprio Boodle is a CBAT too. So you can go UDFA, you can go draft pick, whatever one you want. Yeah, um, I'll, go, I'll go draft pick. I'll go Cornell Powell. Just because I think that he's going to be the type of receiver they can get on the field earlier than I think some of these other guys that we've talked about leading up to the draft. These guys are going to require a little bit of work. They're more projects, things like that. I think Cornell Powell is going to be able to get on the field a little bit earlier than some of the other guys that they could have drafted at that spot. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field. I think he adds an element that the Chiefs don't have you know in spades in that offense right now so i'm really anxious to see how they can get him integrated early i'm gonna maddie answer this with no regrets and can't can't tell me otherwise because i mean you know this is where we're at trey smith is 100 my favorite pick from a value perspective because he should have gone on day two at early or at the latest early round four so from a value perspective he's my favorite however noah gray is definitely the most fun pick for me. I think he was my favorite pick to see come off the board. And I've been hurt in the past. Looking at you, John Lovett, with the way Andy Reid treated you here, you should have been an H-back of the future. You should have been a star. Hopefully Noah Gray actually gets a chance to come out there and shine because his film is so much fun. The mismatches I think the Chiefs will be able to put him into on the field coming out of the H-back position, even playing a little bit of fullback, I think are just too many to count. So I really hope the Chiefs find a way to integrate him the way he was at Duke because I think he could be a lot of fun for this offense. All right, time for me to troll you, Maddie. I think my favorite, one of my favorite picks is actually Creed Humphrey. I'm fascinated by the idea of Creed Humphrey. Um, I, I'm interested in the athletic profile. I'm interested in the situation he's been dropped into. He wasn't my favorite player, and the pendulum has been swinging all over the place with me for him over the course of uh, you know this this draft process. I'm sneakily very fascinated by Creed Humphrey's fit here in Kansas City and him getting to develop under Andy Heck, getting him to develop and, and be next to Joe Tooney long-term. Cornell Powell's sneaky great, too. So I, I think Kansas City is going to love this kid. I really do. High football character, special teamer, um, and a definitive wide receiver chops. Like He legitimately has some. And he's getting to get catch passes from Patrick LeVon Mahomes. That's always a good thing. Just DRK29. Will the Chiefs front office take a different draft strategy over the next couple of years to acquire more picks throughout the draft to add cheap help to offset the many large cons- contracts they will uh, or have or they have or will distribute? I don't think so. I'm fairly certain that Brett Veach is going to continue to be a relatively aggressive drafter. I think you could just hear some of the times when he was talking that he thought about trading up a little bit and he ended up in it. The way, and Craig mentioned it earlier, the way they use the tier system, there is always going to be guys that they are going to have slated above other guys. I mean, that sounds redundant to say, I know, but there is going to be a group of guys that they just inherently value more, and it doesn't matter 
what position they play. I do think it takes a fair amount for the Chiefs to want to trade out of a pick if one of those players is available and try just to collect more picks because they really like taking the guys towards the top of their board regardless of position. I don't think we're ever going to be the Patriots where we're just constantly moving back and collecting more picks. Chief England, 55. Uh, without a new cornerback addition, where is Legereus Sneed playing this season? Without another one, I think he's playing on the boundary and Tyron Matthew would play in the slot. I just think that there's too many questions about Rashad Fenton, DeAndre Baker, and their availability early on in the season. So I do think that that's going to be the case because that gives you the best three cornerbacks that you can play at those positions if you put Matthew there. Obviously, they could add Bashad Breland still. You know, there's a couple of free agents that they could pick up and try and you know put in the slot. So it's not firm and concrete yet, but I do think that if they had to line up today, LeJarrius Sneed would play on the boundary. All right, Cheddar Wagon asks, looking back at your time at Arrowhead Pride, what are the top five moments, moments you guys experienced together? I don't want to do top five because that's, that's a lot, but why don't we do... Just a you know the a, a top moment that we got to experience together doing this show. I mean, I'm gonna give you a couple, but I'm gonna make them quick. One of the first times, maybe the very first time I met Kent, we actually met at a whiskey bar downtown Kansas City. Pete came by, and at yep at the Shark Bar, Pete came by, and it happened to be happy hour for uh, whiskey and bourbon. And Pete was very gracious in what he was footing on the bill. And Kent and I had a lot of fun during the middle of the day at Shark Bar, one of the first times we met. And it was just, it was a good time. Uh, going to the Ravens game with Craig, also a lot of fun. Craig, you know, gave me a few different beers to try throughout the parking lot as I'm a known, not huge beer drinker. But we had a lot of fun tailgating and then going to the game and yelling. And uh, Craig may have fallen on the people in front of us once or twice during that game. I did not. I did not. <laughs> but then, I mean, my absolute favorite time was probably this last time we were down in Mobile, Alabama, or any time we get to go to the Senior Bowl. It's so much fun. But I'll let you guys dive into anything else about stuff like that. Yeah, it's Mobile for me. All, like, all of my favorite moments are in Mobile, getting to hang out, getting to sit around and watch football, um, walking up on uh, a certain player's agent that was talking to our good pal, Zach Hicks. And as we were approaching him, as a guy that wasn't particularly good and zach knew that we we might have some choice words to say so as we were walking up zach turns around and goes hey guys this is shay patterson's agent <laughs> i'm just so glad you did the name we, <laughs> this like, is great oh, we're just unloading hey, man. <laughs> yeah hey man how's it, it going was... nice to meet you <laughs> We had, he's a great we, dude so we had yeah. we just were we were slandering shay patterson's name uh <laughs> I can't believe we're saying it. He was, Luke, it's he was having time. a really bad week. He had a really bad week. And um, yeah, we were getting our Shea Patterson jokes off. And Zach felt that we needed, he needed to preface it. Like before we even got to him, he's like, guys, just say no. So um, yeah, um, I, I, I know the Super Bowl is a cop out. Um, but doing the podcast that night what are you laughing at oh that's that's a good one yeah no that's a good one doing what you getting to do the podcast together after the super bowl is a lot of fun and it was just the, the energy was insane um there's a lot of them like i'm i'm i get emotional with all this stuff i think as much work as we'd put in um and getting to be part of that experience was pretty cool and getting to do it together and not really caring if Maddie's voice was gone, if Maddie's Maddie was at a hotel with <laughs> with the highway behind him. Um it was just it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. And you know what I wish we could have recorded for everybody? Me calling you guys sprinting through the parking lot of a strip mall as soon as the game was over on a video chat, just yelling the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That I was, was magical. I was at um I was at a restaurant after that i went after the game and yeah i i stepped outside and we were just i was on the phone with you guys and it was just, i i really was i don't know i was excited to talk to you guys you know it was just like you know we we do so much we talk about this football team so much and it's not just like the 40 minutes you guys hear it's the 40 
Come on now. <laughs> it's, it's, I edit this thing. I know. It's the it's the hour before and sometimes the two hours afterwards. Like me and Craig, Maddie would fall asleep because he's soft. Uh, he would go to bed early because he's on the east no, coast. No, I'm not Let's giving him an excuse. Here. No, Maddie would Maddie would be out in the eastern coast time, and there were times where me and Craig would tinfoil hat till one in the morning, mm-hmm. and Maddie would tap out about midnight, so one o'clock his time. And like I don't know, just a lot of just a lot of football talking. We should probably take a break. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be back with more of your questions right after this. AP Laboratory to 50 final episode and Pedasan Chiefs asks, now that the draft has come and gone, what veteran in what position do you want them to address? Edge, safety, wide receiver, cornerback? I I think I'd have Melvin Ingram on the phone already. I know that he came and visited Kansas City. He hasn't really taken another deal anywhere else. As much as we like Kando for the future, they need a guy that can play now. If you can get Melvin Ingram in here on a one-year deal, I say that you get that done immediately. Insulate yourself with some pass rush help. I would love to see them get it at a cornerback, but I don't know what the market looks like at the cornerback position right now. So instead, I'm going to stick to the edge position, but I'd be keeping a lot of tabs on Olivier Vernon. He did get injured late last year. It's going to be a midseason, most likely before he's ready to go full tilt. But he's a guy that would know Steve Spagnuolo's system. He's familiar with it because he's played for him before. I still think he's a quality player. I think he's a guy a little bit more than Melvin Ingram just kind of fits the type of physical profile that the Chiefs usually have liked at that position. I don't have a name specifically, but I would be just trying to find value and keep an eye on value at the cornerback position. Inside, outside. I think you have LeJarrius Steen and you can go either way with him. So I would just be mindful of trying to identify a cornerback. Someone, someone's getting released, um, you know, who becomes available. I think that's a position I would still look to address. There's just a lot of unproven, inexperienced guys there at that position. And I think you really need to be mindful about trying to address that. Chris Standing 2, who do you think out of our new undrafted free agents has the biggest chance for a roster spot this year? I think it's Nebraska's DiCaprio Bootleg. Um, I he played some cornerback at Nebraska when they had injuries. He actually rotated and played full time deep safety. He's got a good athletic profile. He's pretty scrappy. He's a guy that I I actually liked. I guy that Maddie and I had watched kind of early in the process, and I think we were impressed because we actually saw the game that he their free safety got hurt and he just immediately kicks from the boundary to that deep safety and looked okay doing it. So it, he's got that versatility that Spagnuolo wants out of cornerbacks. He'd probably play in the slot for the Chiefs if he made the roster, but a guy that I think because of the depth in front of him and because of the needs that they have, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, I do want to shout out A. Faulkner, who kind of had a question, just some about of our best memories, and I think we've been able to get to a lot of them tonight. <laughs> oh, man. I just It's funny what's coming out tonight. And Russell 2018, how much or how might the Chiefs best be able to utilize Willie Gay and Nick Bolton at the same time on the field? Could they both be used in a pass rush package? I mean, I think the most possible way to get them on the field at the same time is just to play them both in base defense. You know, Anthony Hitchens stays at Mike. You get Nick Bolton or Willie Gay. It doesn't really matter to play Will. The other one plays Sam. You have a lot of big linebackers out there that are willing to hit you. Outside of that, though, it's going to be, I think, difficult to get them all on the field unless Willie Gay makes major strides this upcoming year, which is quite possible. But unless he's ready to take over a lot of those Ben Neiman reps where he's the de facto coverage linebacker on the field and then they feel good about putting Bolton next to him, I just don't see how you take both Ben Neiman and Anthony Hitchens off the field because both of those guys were I mean, your two best coverage linebackers last year. And that's not, I'm, that's not high praise. I'm just saying they were your best coverage linebackers last year. I don't think that Willie Gay was particularly better. I don't think Nick Bolton's particularly better right now. It's going to be hard to get them both out there together. King Cake Java fan asks, what is the ultimate blooper moment for each of you? Hollywood Swanson or hashtag Hollywood Swanson, hashtag there is only one Regis and hashtag Renaissance. I, man, I, there's too many to choose from for me. 
I misspeak all the time. One of them, I'll use this one. One of them made it into the podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. When we were in Mobile this year, we were talking about bigger receivers. And me, thinking incorrectly about the player that I was talking about, called Tiny Little Shy Smith big-bodied. And a guy that can... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, these guys... All gave each other the same look. I just kept right on going, thinking I believe that I was talking about Nico Collins, if I remember correctly. I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, we got to the end of the podcast, and then these guys all mentioned. It's like, hey, by the way, it's really tiny. Yeah, I definitely let Craig just roll with that one. I knew right away, and I just kind of looked around. (laughs) Nobody else was stopping him, so I just let it go. Uh, You know... I don't really have one. Not that I haven't made plenty of bloopers, because I have. It's just none of them particularly stick with me. I think that's the big thing, is I, I unfortunately have just kind of let them all roll off, so I don't remember a good funny story. Maybe one of these guys remembers something goofy I have done or said, and they can bring it up here, but I just don't have one off the top of my head. I mean, the training camp game. <laughs> no, no, he <laughs> asked for a blooper, not a mainstay product. <laughs> Like, everyone keeps asking where we're going. Like, I don't think they understand that I got to deal with CBS to host a game show called The Training Cam Show. <laughs> um, when, when we started doing some, uh, some reads for Ruback, there was one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Craig caught it on film. And I think it's, I think it's on uh, the AP Laboratory uh, Twitter account. But I, I, I tried to like, I tried to intro it with like, hey, you, yeah, I'm talking to you. And I just immediately noped out of it. <laughs> and Maddie lost it. He just lost it. It was how quick you noped out of it. Hey, you, yeah, you, nope. <laughs> I was like, nope, not, not going to do that. But Maddie, the best part of the story was that Kent couldn't get it back together. That was the one ad read that I had to do because oh, Kent, that could the not, one? Yes. <laughs> Kent could not recover after about five minutes and finally was just like, Kent, do you need me to take this over for you? Because Kent was just gone. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't hold it together. It was, uh, <laughs> it was great. So I, you can find the video at, at the AP laboratory. It's on there. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's something. JT Penfield, uh, which day three pick makes the biggest impact in 2021? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Noah Gray because I don't think you take a guy like that unless you have a plan for him. And Andy Reid, you know, as we know, likes to use 12 personnel, likes to use misdirection. He makes a ton of sense as a guy that can catch screens or leaks or anything like that. You, you can have him kind of playing off some of that play action stuff. So I'm all on Noah Gray because I think he's got the best shot to actually be on the field early. I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card because I would agree with Noah Gray. I'm going to say Trey Smith purely under the, under the impression that it's the NFL and guys get hurt. Somebody on the interior offensive line might get hurt throughout the year. Maybe more than one guy. It wouldn't be the first time that would happen to the Chiefs. I'm not wishing an injury on anybody. But it's, you know, the NFL. Things happen. Maybe Trey Smith has to step in a little bit earlier than we think. Maybe Trey Smith wins a competition in training camp over somebody else. These things I do think are possible. If he gets on the field, I do think he has the raw talent to be a quality player, even as a rookie. So that's the only reason I'm going to lay into him. I think a lot of their day three picks are developmental guys. I like them, but they're just developmental guys. I I think it's Noah Gray. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm going to be boring, but they traded up for him. I mean, they very obviously wanted him, and they made a small move to get him. I don't. I'm kind of guessing, and I don't I haven't heard. I haven't heard from the presser, so maybe this maybe this has already been addressed. I wonder if it's one of those we didn't think he was going to be on the board kind of things. Um, if they're trading up for him, and so Andy Reid's assuredly got a plan for this guy. I'm very geeked out. I think he's sneaky. I think he sneakily has a chance to make an impact i think he's gonna be like they're gonna sandbag him with sandbag with them all preseason he's gonna line up as a y a traditional y and then you're gonna get to you're gonna get to week one and there he is as the fullback kind of thing um okay 
Pippert, uh, Pippert Matthew. Uh, what was your favorite Chiefs related related event to cover slash talk about at AP? And it can't be Mahomes draft or the Super Bowl. Uh, he says I started listening when I started a desk job two years ago, and you guys were a highlight of my day. Matthew, everyone else, thank you. Your words have been incredible. Anyways, favorite let's event to cover. I mean, yes, absolutely. Thank you for everything that anybody has said that's been super kind. You know, we're just kind of not can't cut a couple of things out because like he said, he doesn't want to read nice tweets. We've kind of glossed over some of them, not emotionally, but just as we're trying to not record a 14 hour podcast for you guys. But we do appreciate everything that you guys have said. My favorite, I think all of us are probably going to have the same couple events here. So I'm going to try to mix it up. These last two drafts during, you know, the pandemic where not everybody's been able to go out and see stuff. We've got to just hang out. We've watched the draft on Zoom calls together. Getting to go live and stream them for you guys have been a lot of fun, especially this past year. Like just this past most recent draft, I feel like we were relatively well organized. It was a lot of fun to get on a live stream, talk to you guys as stuff was happening. I really enjoy stuff like that. So anytime that we get to get on a live stream, talk to you, especially during a live event like the draft, it's just one of my favorite things to do for you guys. Mine uh, was a couple years ago when the Chiefs hired Steve Spagnolo. Um, Maddie <laughs> oh, and I man. geeked out it in. We were in Mobile. The rain is pouring down. They have can't, they have moved practice to inside and said, hey, you're going to have to go to the film room to see practice, which we did later that night. But that just meant that all that time that we would have been spending at practice in Mobile, Maddie and I just spent it watching Giants defensive tape and trying to break down how everybody was going to fit into, into the Chiefs' new defense. And that Sitting was on the same really motel bed. Sitting on the same, yes. Me and not Jake were like, asleep. Yes, we were napping. <laughs> the offensive guys decided, "Now nah, we're good." Like we we understand where this team is going offensively. Matt and I went, "Oh, hey, we we have something new to devour on the defensive side of the football." We it was great because like they went and like we're just like nerding out for like three hours, and then we got a crash course the entire drive back. Uh, this isn't me making fun of I genuinely enjoyed it but like I they did all the work and I got the crash course and it was great they're just <laughs> laying everything out um it was awesome um I think the first draft I think the first draft that we did the Casey draft guide was really cool uh for I, for all of us, because, I mean, it was cool to see the response and the reception to that. It was cool that the draft had some wins or the, the draft guide had a couple wins there and, and some stuff that made us feel really good. Um, so that was a really I think that was a really fun experience. I think Craig was at my house for that one. I was. Yes, we we actually did uh, 610 for the entire first round of the draft. <sighs> forgot about that we were live on radio and i had never been live on radio before and the, the tyreek hill uh audio had come out earlier right. that evening and we were covering the draft and that the, wild absolutely wild it was a, hey it was a by crash the way you, you you've never done this before handle this extremely sensitive topic <laughs> yeah i forgot about that i forgot about that part of it but you did do great you handled it all well, extremely thanks. well. So did you, buddy. Um, the AFC Championship game, that's a cop-out kind of too because it was right before the AFC Championship game where they beat the Titans. That was a lot of fun too. I think we all had a lot of fun with that one as well. Um, because, I mean, we were... <laughs> Matty sang. <laughs> he sang. He sang we're going to the Super Bowl. Uh -huh. um, I mean, that was, that was a good one too. Cody Pino, 33. How are you feeling about the current wide receiver room? I would like some depth. I would like to have another veteran added to the mix. I would like to have a guy that profiles more of an X type receiver. I will leave you with this stat. And it's good that Cornell Powell and, um, and Noah Gray are in the mix here as well. But the Chiefs played seven games last season without Sammy Watkins. They went 7-0, and including two playoff wins and averaged 33.1 points per game. Very good. Uh, obviously, I would still prefer some depth. But 
there's a little caveat for you. Every, everybody but Sammy Watkins is back and Cornell Powell's in the mix and Noah Gray's in the mix. So just think about that. Uh, Chandler W78, uh, there's a two-parter. Are the Chiefs now better than they were at the beginning of 2020? And finally, does Craig need an intern as an engineer? Would love to shadow the voice of the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, Chandler, don't, don't do that. Can, can we leave all of that here? Like, can, no, can that oh, just stay here? Oh, buddy. Ugh. Oh, buddy, no. I Come can't on, return the plaque, so uh, no, it's <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fair question about whether or not the Chiefs are better than they are at, you know, at the beginning of 2020. I think my initial reaction when I read this question was no, but the more I start thinking about it, I do think the offensive line is going to be better. And it should be because they invested a ton in it this offseason. But I do think the weapons are worse. I think that the defense has a little less optimism about it going into this season. It's still got some decent players on it, but a lot of the people that we were high on going into 2020, maybe we're not as high on anymore going into 2021. So I'm going to say it's just a shade worse, but I can also see some development from some players and have it be better by the certainly better by the end of the 2020 season but you know than that beginning of the 2020 season brandon 422 uh 422 can we please have one final maddie game or a rant swanson how about both well brandon (laughs) welcome to the 2021 post nfl draft pre chiefs training camp game tonight (laughs) your contestants are Kent, Hollywood, Swanson on a wicked 0-8 losing streak. And Craig, the Renaissance Man Stout, the reigning voice of the Chiefs, the usual victor in these square-offs. The first question comes to you guys as this. What Chiefs 2021 draft pick that has the number seven in their jersey number has started the most college football or played in the most college football games? Kent, go. Uh, Cornell Powell, uh, even though and we started with Craig, <laughs> you are up. Trey Smith. Ba-ding! One point for Craig. This is how come he is on the heater. Next question. What Chiefs 2021 draft pick is most likely to have the favorite color of orange? Craig, you are first. Trey Smith. Eh, wrong. Uh-huh. Kent, you're up. Cornell Powell. It's a trick question. It's definitely a tie between Cornell Powell, Trey Smith, and Creed Humphrey because they all played for a school that has some form of orange. Moving on with Craig oh, in the lead wait, wait, going wait, into wait, the wait, last wait, 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 back that up. Hold on, Hang time on. out, time out, time out. It's orange. And the last question, which Chiefs 21, 2021 draft pick will have the best odds of making the Hall of Fame? Craig, you're in the lead, so you have to go first. I'm going to go Creed Humphrey. Eh, wrong. Kent, you are up. <laughs> Nick Bolton, baby. Eh, wrong. The answer was all of them. Woo! By default, Craig Stout, the Renaissance man, maintains his title as the voice of the Chiefs as he takes down Hollywood, the heel, yet again. <laughs> Going out on top, baby. Going out on top. Oh, speaking of heels, I have another favorite moment. No, let's go on. Uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was incredible. And I still suck. All right. Rants back. Um, probably not going to be the same kind of rant normal, but, um, first off, gosh, I'm so, so appreciative of everybody who said so many nice things about us and really has, you know, has, you know, really, I, it's just crazy how much response we've gotten about this podcast and there's a lot of frustration that we're leaving arrowhead pride and i appreciate how impassioned you are about what this show has been and i love that and i'm so grateful for all of you but i have been very disheartened to see how many people are saying negative things about the guys that are still here at arrowhead pride these guys are awesome they're very, very talented. And I know it, it may be different. It may be new. But there's a lot of really talented people here at Arrowhead Pride. And here's the thing about AP. 
AP is always, 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 and I've said this a few times this last week, it's always been bigger than the people that are given the platform that is Arrowhead Pride. It has always been that case. And if you think you're bigger than Arrowhead Pride, you're not. You never have been. And look, I think there was probably some similar things said about us three when we got the opportunity to do what we wanted to do here. In fact, I'm sure of it. I know there was. How how are they gonna how are they gonna replace Seth? I don't know. Well, just remember I'm that. I'm done with this website, boys. I I don't I don't know how many times I've seen that in the in 13 years. Yeah, I'm done with it. it. It's been it's really it's really been disheartening to see that. Um, there, this site is in phenomenal hands with Pete. And there is some ridiculously talented people that are ready for their shot at this platform. And I can, I'm telling you right now, I'm a big Arrowhead Pride fan. Um, I can't wait to see what some of these guys do. They're going to do big things. And they're going to, I mean, I think all the people that are about to get a chance to talk on this platform understand what it means to have this chance. So... Just because we're dipping out doesn't mean we need to disparage some really super talented people. I would love if if you do love this show, I would love to leave I would love y'all to leave a five-star review and a word of encouragement for the next wave. That's my request. If love you got if you can do that, um, some positive words about some of the people that will be next, whoever's next. Five star reviews for them. Because they deserve it. They deserve every opportunity that's coming their way with this platform. And I hope it does for them what it's done for us three. And Give them the chance that you gave us, please. Please. Because they've more than earned it. There's three less schmucks in the way now. <laughs> All right. few more real questions. Leighton Y44. Since we, don't, since we didn't draft a corner... Who do you think our cornerback three is, and how confident confident are you in that position group? I had I kind of mentioned that it was Tyron Matthew, but if I have to actually choose an actual CB, it's going to be Rashad Fenton. I I think that DeAndre Baker could claim that CB three role by the end of the year if he's feeling healthy. They obviously have some faith that he's going to be able to be healthy and be on the field, but. Yeah, I, I think that Fenton is the guy that Spagnuolo trusts the most to be putting on the field at this point with this group. Chief Boy RDG, which developing player that you had hoped for gets replaced by a member of this, this year's draft class? Can be in regards to a roster spot or take his playing time? I had kind of hoped for Darius Harris. I, I really liked what we saw at the end of last year. I felt like the Chiefs had themselves a backup mic if they needed to. I felt like he did pretty good thrust into a role there at the end of the year that he was not really prepared to play. So I, I liked what I saw out of him. That's not to say that Nick Bolton's not a significantly better player. He is. But I do think that it would have been cool to see Darius Harris get a little more run because I liked what he did already. I'm about to Maddie answer this. The player that I am most disappointed to see, you know, their chance of development kind of stunted here is Prince Tega Wanago because the Chiefs traded their first round pick for Orlando Brown. They have Lucas Niang. I think there is an outside chance that Trey Smith gets a chance to play tackle. Mike Rimmers can play tackle in a pinch. I think they just filled up all the tackle spots and I don't think that Prince is actually going to get too much of a real shot to come in and show what he can do similar to what he had in Philly until all, you know, the injuries got happened on that team. Then he got a small chance. I think it's going to be the same situation here. I think he's going to be fighting tooth and nail to make the team, not because of his own, you know, downplay, but just because they did add Orlando Brown who completely locks up a position. I think you're Seer Durant's a guy that's in a tough spot now. They've actively tried to, I mean, Nick Allegretti's not going to see the field. So I don't think Yasir Durant's going to be close to seeing the field either. It's going to be really tough for him. Hopefully they can keep him around and figure out a way to keep him around in some capacity because I do think he provides some value moving forward. Uh, I actually like his upside more than a Nick Allegretti's, frankly. So um, Fat White Goodman asks, better prospect coming out, Mitch Morse or Creed Humphrey? 
At center specifically, Creed Humphrey, he obviously had played the position a lot more. He was more technically refined from that remark. But as a prospect, I think it's Mitch Morse. I think his athleticism showed up on the field a lot more often. I don't think he had a fatal flaw. I still think Creed Humphrey can be attacked. If you don't attack a gap against Creed Humphrey, but you attack his chest, I really don't think that he's going to handle power in the NFL well. I think he's going to have a Garrett Bradbury type kind of awakening when he gets there, where he realizes that it's not, you know, the Big 12 anymore. It's going to be real strong guys coming at his chest. I think it's going to take him some time to get there. Mitch Morse kind of hit the ground running. So I get it as a center specifically. Creed Humphrey is a much better prospect from a technical standpoint, but Mitch Morse, just what he was able to do in terms of his movement and his IQ was through the roof. All right, one more. Uh, Jackson Redford. Was there a moment when you realized you had created something special at Arrowhead Pride? (laughs) It's a loaded question Um, because I don't think any of us felt it. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. Like I said, I've been here a long time. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen a lot of people... You know, not give other people a shot. And I've seen some really good people come through that were irreplaceable. And then the next group came along and it was good too. So from my perspective, I've never seen it as this was a special thing that only we could create or anything like that. Arrowhead Pride is this this monster. And I mean that in a good way. And you just try and keep it pointed down the road and keep it going because it is so much bigger than anybody on the inside. And it's so much bigger than anything else. But I do remember about midway through our first season there, we're doing podcasts. We're kind of getting into the swing of things a little bit more. I do remember thinking, it's like, wow, this kicks ass to get to do this with Two of my very good friends and very fast friends, but um, that's a great way of saying it, man. Yeah, fast friends. You want to talk about hitting the ground running? That's that's what we did. Take long, man. Nope. So, um, yeah, I guess probably halfway through that first season is the first time that I was really like, oh wow, this this is working. So, So, I mean, I agree. I think from the get go, I mean, it didn't. As Craig kind of got there at the end, we kind of never really met each other. We just got introduced to each other because we were all kind of working at the same place at Arrowhead Pride. And we got along in DMs, but you never know how that's going to go when you're just like texting somebody over the internet. It could always be weird. <laughs> so like we get on and we start doing this podcast. Like, oh, you know, we get along. We're talking to each other for these podcasts. And these podcasts gradually started going longer and longer. Not the recording, just us hanging out. Just started going longer and longer until, like Kent said, we're going into wee hours of the morning. Like, oh, I just thought, like, quickly, we just became really good friends. We saw not just the game of football the same way, but, I mean, like, we are all in the same stages of life. Generally, we give Craig a lot of gruff about being a little bit older, but we all have kids generally the same age. We have a lot of the same interests. Like, we just had a lot in common, and so we all got along super well. I think it made it really easy to take how we got along together and integrate that into Arrowhead Pride, which is this fantastic community that Chiefs fans all have grown into. And people come, people go out of there, but it stays constant. And we just, as a group, happen to be so cohesive that we were able to start climbing and building through there. And I think, like Craig said, it was pretty early on where we realized, oh, we're having a lot of fun doing this. People care. I think you guys understood like that we got along well and we liked each other and we liked talking football. But now here's my chance to you know toot our own horn a little bit. I never really said like, oh yes, we're doing something so special that nobody else can do. But the first moment, something like that kind of creeped into my head. This past year down at Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, Kent could not help himself from running up to everybody he saw, showing him the screenshot on his phone of the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel being in the top, what was it, 12 of a football podcast for that particular week? Top 12? Yeah, it was something like that. And like, that's when it hit me that, like we weren't even recording daily at this time. We're recording podcasts, you know, three, four times a week, depending on what happened. And we are making the top 12 list of NFL podcasts. And like, that's when it kind of just hit me. Like, not only are we having a ton of fun and just having the time of our lives recording with our friends for a bunch of people that we love to get to talk to and interact with, but we're doing something good that people care about. A lot of people care about. A lot of people tune in just to hear us banter back and forth, to make fun of one another, to talk about the Chiefs occasionally. And like, that's when it hit me, like what we're doing is just, it's it. This is what, you know, 
this is something that I needed to be doing. It's something that I've had a lot of fun doing, and I'm so glad I got the opportunity to do it with these guys and with Arrowhead Pride and all of you guys out there listening. Now, now imagine, imagine us showing that to Michael, Michael Kist from Bleeding Green Radio, and him just scoffing at it. It's like, oh, 19, that's cute. I like how, I like how Maddie <laughs> makes it sound like I was wearing like a T-shirt. He was. He, he had I was one wearing custom a, made a when we landed with the in New Orleans. Rankings for that week or something. Come on, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a loaded question because it's asking us to talk about ourselves. Um. Yeah, this is hard, man. Um, <laughs> this week, <laughs> this week, um, getting to hear, getting to hear, um, how much this show's meant to people. <laughs> it's it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, how how many people? Um. I can't believe it, man. Uh, I can't believe how many how many people have have said so many nice things about this show and what it's meant to them. Um, it's a stupid podcast <laughs> with you know uh, three guys that that met each other <laughs> really through this beautiful, amazing Chiefs community. And, uh, man, I just, I, I'm so, I can't believe so many of you people want to listen to us talk about the Chiefs. And, uh, I cannot tell you how much this has meant. I can't tell you how much this has meant to me. Um, I can't tell you, um, how grateful I am for these two. That I'm doing this stupid podcast with. <laughs> These are two of my best friends in the world. Um, we've been a we've been through a lot in three years, and it has nothing to do with football, even a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying so much, man. I'm not nor like honestly, I don't cry very often. Something about this beautiful, stupid place <laughs> is killing me right now. Um, yeah, this week, but this week meant a lot. And, um, this isn't goodbye by any stretch of the word. Um, I think right now I just feel a lot of gratitude. I, I'm so ridiculously lucky to be part of this. Um, I can't believe what it has turned into and I can't believe the opportunities that it's brought us. Um, do you got Maddie? Do you have anything? I'm gonna give you guys a minute if you have anything else to say. We appreciate. I mean, truly. I mean, you think you can hear it all coming to coming through everyone's voice? But we appreciate every single one of you that has said something this week, that hasn't said something this week. That anybody who has tuned in a single time to hear a single word that we have said while we sat here in our chairs and talked to each other for a couple hours and recorded a portion of it, we we thank you guys. We appreciate you very much. And we hope that you continue to listen to not only us, but continue to listen to everybody that Arrowhead Pride has come through there because everybody in there has a voice that has a story to tell like we have over this time. Listen to them. You know, if you want to continue to listen to us, I'm sure you will be able to find us at some point in time again. We will not hide it from you eventually. And just listen to everybody. Like we're all here. Everybody's out here. They got a story to tell. Everybody can do it well, but you got to give everybody a chance like you guys did us years ago. We appreciate it the entire time. We love you all so very much. And I don't say that lightly because we do. Um, the fact that you allowed us to have any part of your Chiefs fandom is still ridiculous. So thank you. Um, stick with it. Go, go get that five-star encouragement to our pals here because they are our pals. So give them to that. Ken, buddy, should we shut this down? Yeah. Go find friends that love the same things you do and and go pursue it with them. You're not going to regret it. Doing stuff with friends is cool. And 
that's what we did. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. It means the world. Uh, we're never going to forget it. Thank you. We love you. Appreciate you. Catch you later. It's just fried bread. <laughs>